Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Brian Tillinger, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Accelerator Podcast. Over the last few weeks, a few things have been happening in my world that has delayed a few episodes. One, I told you from the beginning that I am tech illiterate, and because of such, a couple of interviews had to be trashed, and I am having to re-interview them. Second, the Tillman household has added a baby, a foster baby, but a baby nonetheless. And even though TJ is a great baby, he's still a baby. And third and finally, or at least the third and final excuse for this, is uh, summertime. Our schedule has been turned upside down, and uh, it's one of the reasons I hate summertime, but also I love it because uh, I get the opportunity to spend some time with family and uh, have totally enjoyed that. Uh, with those things stated, I do want you to know that uh, we've got a couple of interviews that uh, are going to go up over the next week or so. Uh, today's episode is with Andy Bowles. Andy Bowles is a church planner in the Forest, Mississippi area. Andy planted Embrace Church and has recently come on as uh, a hub leader with, with us, with the 242 Network. Um, as you listen to the podcast, please hear this guy's heart for people who are hurting. Embrace Church resembles their pastor's heart, and they go after those who are hurting, who have no hope, and they continue to show these people that there is always hope in Jesus. On the episode, we also have um, our director, Paul Bernard, as co-host with me, uh, Brian Tillman. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for checking out the Accelerator podcast and listening to this episode and all of our other episodes. Uh, appreciate that so much. Uh, we at the 242 Network love what we do. We assess, we train and we support church planners as well as uh, sending churches, um, trying to partner those two together to see God's kingdom expand and grow. So with no further delay, here is episode five of the Accelerator podcast with Andy Bowles of Embrace Church, uh, myself, Brian Tillman, and um, our co-host co for the day, Paul Bernard. All right, for another installment of the Accelerator podcast, uh, today we have Andy Bowles with us, and uh, Andy Bowles is the planter and pastor at Embrace Church in Forest, Mississippi, and so uh, Andy, thank you for joining us today on the Accelerator podcast. Brian, it is my joy and pleasure to be with you. I've enjoyed listening to previous podcasts, and uh Looking forward to what the future holds for Accelerate. 
And also, thank you, uh, Andy. And also, we have a co-host today, and uh, the co-host today is uh, Paul Bernard. And uh, Paul, tell everybody hello. Howdy! It's good to be here. It's an awesome opportunity. And so, with those two introductions, uh, listeners, we are going to get right into our podcast. And uh, with that, Andy, uh, tell us about you, and tell us about your family, and also about uh, Embrace Church. Absolutely, man. Um, well, I have been married, uh, as a matter of fact, in about 10 days, will be 23 years uh, to Laurie Grissom from Petal, Mississippi. And uh, she has been a uh, tremendous blessing to my life. She is the definition of a help meet in marriage and a wonderful wife. I've got uh, four children. My oldest is Easton, who has recently been married this past April to Katie Mitchell of Forrest, and um, Eli is my second to oldest son. He's 19 and surrendered to the call of full-time worship ministry this past November, and I guess it's probably okay to say this right now, uh, that Easton, my oldest son, uh, has also recently surrendered to the ministry, and so wow, I'm really, really cool. pumped. I've been praying for, yeah, I've been praying uh, nine months before they were born that God would use them in some, some way for his kingdom, and uh, I've got a a 15-year-old daughter, Emma Grace, who will live in my home for the rest of her life, and uh, she's not going to date or nothing like that, and, and, uh, so, and then I got a 14-year-old son, Ellis, um, and the Lord uses each one of my, my kids. Eli is actually uh, leading Kingdom First, which is the praise team for Embrace, and is doing a fantastic job. Ellis, uh, Paul, you would like this. Ellis has started playing the drums. Oh, yeah. He's doing real good. good. (laughs) Yeah, he's doing real good. He's learning a lot. Uh, But ministry has been a roller coaster. Uh, You know, I I was saved at the age of 15 and uh, surrendered my life uh, to full-time ministry at the age of 18 and uh, had some some bumps and bruises in the earlier part of my surrendering, trying to understand the call, fully submit to the call of God and uh, have served you know, various churches over the years, but God, uh, in 2014 called, uh, me and my family away from a church. I was pastoring here in Scott County for six years and, uh, to start embrace here in forest. I, I never thought I would, uh, pastor a church in the same County where I was pastoring at another church and which this is a little more unique, uh, being, being a church planner than, than, uh, pastoring an established church. Yeah. being called as, as a pastor. But, um, you know, my family spent time fasting and praying over uh, what the direction of the Holy Spirit was in our life uh, before we uh, started uh, Embrace Church. And and um, we stepped out February 2014. It's it's uh, 2019. It's, we, we've been doing this for four and a half years at Embrace. And I cannot express to you um, how how I feel fulfilled in ministry through this ministry. It is definitely uh, not the, not a typical ministry. Um, it's definitely a, a very challenging ministry, uh, but we, we see victories and, and uh, such transformation in lives. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 16, where Paul told the church at Corinth, you know, there was a group of Christians, Stephanus was one, uh, that led uh, a ministry, and it says that he 
along with others, were addicted to the ministry of the saints. And man, this is just such an, an addictive ministry to be a part of. So that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, tell, tell our listeners um, a little bit about Forest, uh, uh, where you are, maybe just the, the uh, broad stroke, so to speak, of the uh, city or the community there. And then also, um, after, after you do that, uh, tell us uh, how Embrace uh, started there in Forest. Okay. Uh, give you a little bit of a background. I've, I've had the privilege to pastor in different different places in Mississippi, never outside of Mississippi, but in Mississippi, mainly central Mississippi. But I've also pastored in in southwest Mississippi. And and um, you, you know, as a pastor, as a minister in different areas, uh, your mind is obviously going to okay. What what is what is this culture about? What what is the culture of this city? And and you look into the demographics and you study that to find out the habits of the people. And things like that. When we moved to Forest uh, to, to the church I was pastoring, it was a, a rural country church. Uh, not, uh, I wasn't uh, unfamiliar with that scene of pastoring a rural country church. That's all I'd ever pastored before. So I, I, I kind of knew the hearts of, of a. I'm just going to say it, just a redneck in Mississippi. I knew the heart of a red. I'm a redneck in Mississippi, so yeah, it's easy for me to understand the heart of a redneck in Mississippi. And uh, so it was easy for me really to kind of tap in uh, to, to where they were. But I did begin to notice after a period of time uh, that in Scott County, the, the, the mentality of people is a little bit different. And, and I'm going to say that it's kind of shifted back a little bit uh, in time, if you will, um, in Scott County. Then, then the Lord called us uh, to, to begin Embrace uh, four and a half years ago and, and just kind of revisited those demographics and, of course, moved those into the city instead of outside of the city and just began to study and, and see how, um, how plagued Scott County is, in particular Forest is, uh, with, with drugs and um, just an extreme poverty. Now, I, when I say poverty, I'm, I'm not trying to be in too much of a comparison with some other very poor areas of our state, Mississippi, of course, being one of the poorest states in the United States. And then you look in the Delta areas and you see some pretty rough areas, but Forest in Scott County um, is certainly a, a, a area that, uh, that deals with poverty. And um, so what, what our heartbeat has been ever since the Lord's called us to, to establish embrace was to, to, to just practically minister to the needs of people, we learned that by experience. We learned that through through the demographics. Obviously, we learned that uh, through relationships that were being formed with people, and um, so we we've done our very best to, in four and a half years, establish a ministry that's known in our area to where the addict uh, of drugs and alcohol can come and find freedom, to where the person who is trapped in in some form of poverty can come, and we can benevolently show them love and grace through ministering to their physical needs and and uh, those who are who are trapped in an under education not uneducated but under education to where we can help uh, them understand the differences between a job and the job and getting plugged into um, something that is uh, not only going to provide for their for their financial needs in their home and take care of their bills but also be a joy to them as they go to work and understand the biblical applications of of how to be a 
how to be a good employee and just various things like that. And so we, we learned all of this as we, uh, as we got our hands kind of into the soul of, of forest in Scott County and in a, in a, in a more intimate way, as opposed to when we, when I passed, pastored a, a church in a, in a rural setting, because there is a, there is a big difference. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure this is probably the same in just about every County. Uh, but, but as you leave the outskirts of a city or a town, uh, the minds of people begin to change. Um, I, I live outside of the city limits of forest and, and, um, I have very few neighbors where I live. And, and so uh, a neighborhood to me is a little bit different, you know, thought process as a person who would live, you know, downtown in forest. So uh, we, we're, we're learning how to minister to and, and uh, use the, the backgrounds of, of, of different individuals to try to reach into darkness here in forest. Now, I think the second, that was a long answer, wasn't it? You're good. You're good. That's you. you what's, what's happening? You're what's happening? Okay, what's good deal. So, uh, good deal. Uh, well, Paul's being super quiet. So, yeah. Well, I do have a question uh, for you, Andy. The you you talk about the demographics and forest in that area, and I know that forest is unique uh, in this state um, in certain ways. You have certain manufacturing facilities and things like that to bring in a, a, a totally different minority demographic. And mm -hmm. so the culture yes. of, of forest is, you know, really, really multi-ethnic. How are you guys as a church um, moving towards the multi-ethnic thought process or are you? And if you are, how are you doing that? Yeah, man, you, you, you touched on an awful lot there. But let, let me say this. If, if you eat chicken, it probably came through Scott County. <laughs> um, with that, yeah. We, we, I mean, there, there, there's Cook, there's Tyson, there's Pico, uh, just north of us in Carthage, which is Leake County, uh, one of the larger um, processing plants of Tyson in the state, maybe even the southeast. Um, so um, we, we, we do have a, a pretty good size, and this, this, this really is not reflected so much in the demographics as it is in reality, um, mm -hmm. but there's a, yeah. there's a good bit of Hispanic population here in Forest. Uh, we, we do have in Forest a Hispanic ministry uh, that does a good job in ministering. Hispanics are very transient. Um, you know, they really don't settle in this area for very long, um, and, and then they, they pass on through uh, to other areas. Um, as far as multi-ethnic, um, I think our original desire, which in a large sense still is, it's just to be a, a people reaching a people um, before we're a, before we're a, I'm a white pastor reaching into an African-American culture or people group. Uh, we, we just want to be a people who are reaching people. I understand that the gospel is able to save into the uttermost. The gospel is for anybody and everybody will. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, it is the power of salvation to the Jew first and also to everybody else. That's basically what he's saying. And, and so we, we just do our best to extend a hand uh, to, to all people. Um, we have seen, as, as far as what, what I could determine, a good deal of success uh, ministering into, um, into other, other uh, ethnicities than, than myself, uh, the African-American culture, the Hispanic culture. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, 
Uh, now, now we're predominantly white as as a as a congregation, uh, but there is a a good blend uh, of other ethnicities. Um, we one thing that um that that we've intentionally decided to do as a church is to reach into the uh, multi-ethnic family. Uh, there, there are a lot of white-black uh, relationships, white-Hispanic, black-Hispanic relationships inside of Forest. And as we uh, began to pray over this and seek the Lord on this, we saw that there was a, uh, there, there is the, the, the family that is multi-ethnic multi that does not necessarily have a comfortable place to be. Now, when I say comfortable place to be, I mean more than just church, although especially church, yeah. but just in community period, in, mm -hmm. in the, in, in, at work, in jobs, uh, at school, um, but, but even especially church, you guys know that the most segregated time of, of the week is on a Sunday. Um, and, and so we do our best just to make sure that we're known as a group of people who welcome. Matter of fact, we, we had a couple come just a few Sundays ago and uh, it was it was actually a multi-ethnic couple, and uh, they said, "Man, we've received more hugs uh, than we thought we would get coming just coming into this building." And uh, so, so your name, Embrace, really does represent who you guys are. And so, we just we just want to be a loving group of people. When when I explain uh, kind of the target group of people that we go after uh, and and do our best to reach, it's it's the addict. It's the undereducated. It's those who are trapped in poverty. But I very seldom really hit hard on the multi-ethnic group because what what you what you think about those first three, um, there's 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 kind of negative things that are associated with these first three: addiction to drugs and alcohol, undereducation, where a person may not feel like they're they're smart enough or intelligent enough to to get a job or a certain job or maintain a certain level of even uh, social, you know, uh, pleasures of, of certain groups or whatever. Uh, and then there's the, um, the, those who are trapped in poverty. And of course we want to restore dignity to those who are trapped in poverty. And so each one of those kind of have a, a, a negative element. And so we separate when sharing that target group from the, the multi-ethnic family, because there's nothing negative necessarily, uh, about a, a blended family, a family of multicolors. Um, but the, the only, the only negative thing about that is not in that, but outside of that. And, uh, so we make sure that we make a difference in, in saying that when we explain this is our target group, but we make sure that we do our very best to be a welcoming people. And, and like I say, you, you could come to embrace on any given Sunday or, or Wednesday and, and you would see that we would, uh, we're, we're definitely have a heartbeat to reach all people, no matter what color. Let me, let me piggyback with you, uh, piggyback on that, uh, just what you've been saying, how have you told your people, how have you communicated this to your people in, in what ways have you communicated? How often do you communicate? Hey, this is who we are and this is what we're about. Um, if you know the mission and the vision of embrace, this is it. And, and here's what we're doing. How, how often are you getting that in front of your folks? Man, it's, it's, it's really, even in even in the length of four and a half to five years, it is we do our best to be consistent with it and constant with it in repeating the mission and the vision. Uh, we we were uh, recently actually Paul came uh, one of the nights we were talking about transformational community and what that looks like and 
when I was leading one of the groups in our life group, we, I asked the question, what, what, is, what are we doing here? What, what is our purpose here as Embrace Church? And there was a, a couple that's been with us probably a little less than a year, just right off the bat, rattle, out, rattle off the, the vision statement. And, and the vision statement, for those who may not know, is loving, lifting, and helping the forgotten. And so that, that resonates uh, with the people group that God has called us to go after. And uh, when, when, when they hear that, they identify, I need to be loved. I need to be lifted up. I need to be. I need to be helped because there's often times in my life to where I felt like I've been forgotten, and and it resonates with people so strongly, um, to where I, I, just to be completely honest with you, um, we 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 repeat it. We 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 example it. Um, we do our best to live it. Right now, we've got about ten or twelve uh, that we're sponsoring through recovery for men, and I think five for women. Um, and so they see things, they hear things like that, and they know that we're we're loving, lifting, and helping the forgotten. They know that, that we're. Do you we're celebrate going. wins um, when it comes to that kind of stuff? When you see that, I know that's one of the things that we've tried to do is celebrate wins. Have you seen that be a positive that people really get on board? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, that's that's a, Paul. That's a given. If you're if you're not celebrating wins. Uh, the way our church policy is set up, usually people, if you don't, if you're not celebrating wins, people are not going to know there's wins that are there. Mm. Just for an example, we sponsored a man and woman, husband and wife through, through faith-based recovery. Uh, they, they graduated, they came, and she was baptized uh, two Sundays ago, and uh, he baptized her. And mm. uh, man, that just seeing that and that celebration in that I'm talking about glory you know, and yeah, uh, cool. and not only that, but there's their seven year old daughters standing behind the baptistry peering in, seeing the whole thing. You know, that's up close discipleship right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we we uh we celebrate when when someone goes through the discipleship process here at Embrace on stage. We we uh make sure that we welcome those who have graduated uh, from recovery. We 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 celebrate all of these these positive victories. Uh, you know, life can can be so so difficult, and and uh, I don't want to paint a picture like everything is absolutely perfect because things can just really suck at times. But knowing that it does makes us even more want to celebrate the good things. And so, man, we we do celebrate. We talk about it. We we from stage, in, in small groups, whatever avenue we can remind people that as a Christian we're more than conquerors. I pose a question a good bit talking about that. Um, you know, I oftentimes ask our people, if you're more than a conqueror, what have you conquered lately? And, um, and I get to hear them telling me about victories that God has, has birthed in them and through their life. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's how we do. Yeah. Um, I love a couple of things that, uh, that you stated there of, uh, uh, of how you do those, being consistent, being con constant, celebrating those wins, and uh, just keeping it in front of your folks. That is uh, that is so known, but also needed in uh, just as a reminder to, hey, Brian, you got to be about this. Hey, said church, you got to keep doing this over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. uh, so that people buy in, so that people understand. So uh, thank you. 
for uh, sharing that side of it uh, once again, and just reminding me, reminding our listeners uh, to our to our podcast that uh, you just got to keep doing it, be constant, be, mm-hmm. be consistent with it. So uh, thanks for that. Um, let me uh, kind of take us in a in a different direction for um, for a moment. Uh, you guys at at Embrace kind of uh, took in another church, uh, maybe a church that was struggling, maybe on its last leg, and uh, you kind of took them in. Am I correct in that? Yes, yes. Uh, I want to say it was around October of 2017. We were approached with the pastor of Temple Baptist Church here in Forest, Chris Dupree, who had a vision um, with the, with the congregation that he was pastoring at the time, it was about you know ten to fifteen uh, people yeah. attending. And in the in the eighties, this church you know had its heyday. It was really strong, just but over a period of time, it, it just dwindled down. And so they had a residue of finances, a residue of people, and and they had a building, a building that was uh, somewhat hard to to keep up with. Um, just under 10,000 square foot. Now, we, we, were, we started off in, in the park at Gaddis Park with about 15 people on Embrace Wednesday it. nights. And Embrace, so we moved. Yes. Embrace started in, a, in yes. a park with about 10 or 15 folks, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so we went, went from there to, to a building, um, you know, very small building, from there to another building that was about the size of your average Dollar General building. Actually, it was a Dollar General building at one time. And then from there to here to this building, and uh, the pastor the pastor contacted us and and was like, hey, I, I really feel like God is is leading in this direction, and he said, I'm going to give you some time to pray about that. And so we we had several conversations about what it would look like uh, to politely merge uh, the two congregations together, and what that you know. And I, I'm going to tell you this, Brian, man, it. If you if you if you are struggling to see a picture of Christian unity, this is this is such a, a picture of Christian unity. How God just blessed that whole thing and and tied it together. We we began to pray. Uh, I approached my elders with it. We began to talk about it and uh, just sort through it. Read the scriptures. You know what does the word say about how this could be handled if this is God's will, and just kind of one one conversation led to another involving uh, the pastor of the previous church and and we just began to put together a plan okay if this is what God's calling us to do um, then let's let's think this thing through with the mind of Christ and and put together a plan and present it to, to uh, the, the people at temple now as far as the people of embrace um, Paul you can ask Paul I, Paul's the, the pastor of overflow who's our parent church and uh, I depend a lot on uh, Paul's counsel on, on things like this, and so I called Paul and I was like, "Man, we're we're about to make another move. How do you, what's your what do you think about this? You know, how how do you think we should go about this?" And what I get from Paul's advice, and you you correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but what I get from Paul's counsel to me as a, as another pastor is lead strong, lead with confidence. If God is calling you to do it, then God will call people along with you to do it. And so um, that's just that's kind of how we approached it on our side of things with Embrace. We just with excitement said, "Hey guys, we're we're fixing to make another move uh, because the church is a movement and, and yeah. we're on the move." And so we're we're moving from one location to the next. Now, Brian, at, at Embrace we don't vote, um, but at Temple they did. 
And so we, we as elders met with the pastor and, and their people at that meeting. I want to say it was around 10 or 11 people at that meeting. And uh, we explained to them our vision. We encouraged them to come and visit on a Wednesday or a Sunday whenever they could to see who we are and what we do in the DNA of us. And, and they, they pretty much knew about us by then anyway. And uh, they voted their last time and, and voted to to join and surrender the, the building. And so we came in, did some remodeling. And, you know, uh, we're living it now. So so uh, before we, we move on to uh, one more topic, is this is kind of uh, selfish for me because I'm in the midst of doing something similar with, with our church here at River Bend. Uh, I'm actually talking with a... Uh, uh, a church uh, about uh, merging, about uh, revitalization with them, and so uh, this this really intrigues me. Uh, my question is this: I've got a I've got a lead team, and they've got a ministry team. Uh, how how many times did you guys sit with them, and uh, kind of what were those first conversations with them uh, about uh, about merging or about revitalization there um, in that in that church setting? Yeah, the the first the first several times we were meeting with Chris, Chris was the, the pastor. He was um he was kind of the mouthpiece for his people, and uh, which we we respected and honored that. I thought that was a an, a wise process. And then we met with the people on two different occasions. It was just a couple of times that we met with them, and uh, we we explained to them our vision and and you know the the church government what what we expected and 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 all of that and and just left it to them, you know. To make that decision. Then we came back a second time after giving them time to kind of absorb, you know, what, what changes were coming because the, the fact is that there were going to be a lot of changes for them that were coming. Now, um, you know, uh, very temple at the time was very traditional um, as far as appearance and not only appearance, but also a structure as far as a, even, even down to a worship service how things were done. Uh, if a person joins the church, they walk an aisle, shake the pastor's hand. It made, it's made public then when we do things in, in a totally different way. So we, we opened up to them, hey guys, if y'all have any questions whatsoever, please ask those questions. And man, I was, I was asked questions. <laughs> I, was asked, I was asked one question, do I preach from the Bible? And uh, they just, they don't know me. But yeah. um <laughs> but we, yeah, I mean, I was asked all sorts of different questions about, you know, it's a new church and, and for, for this age group of people, it was a little bit different to see a new church. Most of the churches they knew had been around for 75 to 125 years, you know, and so what is this, is this some kind of newfangled stuff that's coming out? So we, we, we just kind of calmed their, their concerns by opening ourselves in a very transparent way. We allowed them to look at our financial records. We you know, we, we went, we, I, I hope and pray, now this is, this is my perspective of it. I hope and pray that we've been over backwards to, to express transparency, love yeah. for Christ and the word and for the kingdom. And, um, I, I want to believe that all their questions through those two meetings were, were dealt with and answered. As a matter of fact, um, one of the members of that church is now our ministry assistant. So, I mean, it just, like I say, the, the, the unity and the harmony that was brought from this is absolutely amazing. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to paint a bad uh, or, or a, 
or a, a picture that, that's not true, that there's some people who were a part of temple that's not a part of embrace. They chose to go to different churches, some for family ties. And just to be honest with you, some may not have appreciated the, the type of music that we, that we play or a dark, a dimly lit room or, or things like that. But um, no, no necessarily theological differences and, and nobody, it was either very polite and courteous and, and it was a great, great, like I say, Christian unity exchange there. Actually, Andy, actually, Andy, those that uh, did not uh, join Embrace, I talked with them and they said it's, it's your preaching. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just, just kidding about that. Yeah, well, uh, I download too many old, old Joel Osteen sermons and just read them verbatim. Don't talk about Paul's preaching. I apologize. Don't talk about Paul's <laughs> preaching. None of that here. None of that here. <laughs> I, I, want I, to, thought uh, he, I thought he preached Andy Stanley's messages. Well, it's a compliment. That's what I thought. But, uh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're treading into my territory about my Andy Stanley. <laughs> Watch out. Uh, I, want, I want to kind of close with, uh, with uh, a segment on, uh, on favorites. But, uh, Paul, you got anything before, uh, before I get into favorites? I mean, you're, you're, you're still here with us, right? You're here? Paul's upset. Paul is not talking. Yeah, I should. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have made that Andy Stanley comment. Um, he doesn't read those messages word for word. He does kind of do his own thing in between lines. All right. I think we got some technical difficulties with uh, with Paul, and uh, so we're good. Let's do some. Let's do a uh, segment uh, to close out our our interview with Andy today on favorites. So, uh, Andy. If you have mm -hmm. an afternoon or a day to do whatever you want, what's your favorite thing that you like to do, whether it's leisure or inside, outside? What, what's your favorite thing to do? Well, um, since I have moved to Scott County, uh, we are in the middle of the Bienville National Forest, and there's just hunting galore. I love to hunt. I love to take my children hunting. I love to come home and tell my wife about my hunt because she won't go hunting with me. Yeah. But but I, I I do love to I love to hunt man whitetail deer hunt turkey hunt duck hunt you name it if it's legal to shoot in the woods I like to do that. All right, so you, you love you love hunting. Do you do you have a uh, sports team that you pull for? What's your favorite team? Uh, well, I actually I don't know if this is going to be what you're looking for, but I, I'm a I'm a of course a big Alabama fan. Who's not a Who's not an Alabama fan? But I, I would probably before I'd say Alabama have to root for my kids' homeschool basketball team. Okay. Um, I'm the coach for a homeschool Scott Scott County Flames, Come and on. Uh, so we've been doing that for ten years. And, you, um, you a good coach? Yeah, so Are you a good coach? No, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm that coach. Yeah, but that, you just get to I'm be around it, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I, that's right. I'm, I'm that coach that that don't know what I'm doing, so yeah. I, I make up for it with volume on the court. Yeah, I get you. I get you. It's kind of like that's that's stuff that I do. That's stuff that I do with like somebody that speaks a different language. I just talk louder, thinking that that's <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, tell, tell me about your uh, your favorite person in history. Favorite person in history. You you think look back uh, at somebody. Favorite person in history. And you can give me the Sunday wow. school answer, and you can give me Jesus or Paul or somebody like that, or just in well, I mean, I. I'm, I, I, of course, Jesus is the answer. That's that's. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Jesus. But that 
that is obviously he's my savior. Yeah. He's more than my favorite person. He is he's he's my salvation and my Lord. Um I would probably say Charles Spurgeon. Um Charles Spurgeon earlier in my ministry, I, I read a ten volume set of Charles Spurgeon uh messages, sermons that uh, a friend of mine gave me and it just completely rocked me. I mean, uh, of course you when you read Spurgeon you gotta have a dictionary beside you. But um, but just reading through those ten ten volume set of Charles Spurgeon sermons was such such a meat to me. I really feel like that's something that changed me earlier on in my ministry. That's good. Uh, favorite meal? What's your favorite meal? If if you're gonna eat your your meal right there in front of you, what what are you going to buy or what do you want cooked in front of you? My my wife oftentimes says, "What you want for supper?" And you can ask her my unwavering answer always and i know it's not going to be this 99 percent of the time steak potatoes and a salad steak potatoes and a salad man after my yes, own heart. yeah uh well we gotta figure <laughs> out how do you like your steak cooked do you how do you like it cooked uh, man offer that thing on the altar i want it i want it well done come on you're ruining it you're ruining it <laughs> no sir I, I want i want the edges to be just a little bit crunchy it, it, okay. That's the way yeah, I like it. Terrible. That's absolutely horrendous. Ruining it. <laughs> favorite, favorite, favorite book of the Bible. Favorite book of the Bible is Philemon. Philemon. That's um, that's a long one. Philemon. It's yeah, yeah. I can read it easy. No, it, it's just a great story of 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 redeeming a relationship. I mean. Is that not the gospel? Paul lived the gospel, and and Onesimus and Philemon. It's 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 a picture of Jesus and me, and uh, so I, I I was I should have been unredemptive, uh, unredemptive, but but Jesus, He welcomed me. So. All right, how can uh, how can our listeners uh, get in contact with you? Where where can they find you? Maybe social media, uh, Facebook spots. Uh, how can how can they find you if they if they would like to uh, connect with you? and uh, with Embrace Church. Yes, um, we, uh, we do have a Facebook uh, page. You can just look up Embrace Church um, on, on Facebook. We, we live stream our services. We have an Instagram, but Brian, I'm not, I'm not much on Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or all that kind of stuff. I do get on Facebook out of, out of really being forced to, to keep up with my kids. Yep. But, um, <laughs> but fa- Facebook is... Yeah, I'm an, I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. But, yeah, or you can just call us. <laughs> Come see us. <laughs> I was thinking of saying, man, you're, you're in Florida. So, I mean, telephone's yeah. still got to be the major way of communication there. Absolutely. You can possibly find yourself. You can find Embrace at uh, Embrace Church, Forest, Mississippi. And uh, doing that uh, through Facebook or a uh, Google search, you can probably find them. Uh, that. Uh, thank you, Andy Bowles, for uh, joining us today on the Accelerator Podcast, and I uh, appreciate your time. Paul, thank you for uh, helping co-host, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you, guys. I appreciate all you do for the kingdom. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network. 242 Network.